0: Welcome back. It's Stephen Haberman, a.k.a. Pin Daddy, your uh, pinball fellow that likes to say hello. Uh, welcome back to The Pins We Play. And uh, this is episode three, episode three with Harry Jackson. Harry Jackson will be talking about uh, Super Mario, uh, the pinball game uh, from Godly. Now, this is uh, not the Mushroom World, which was a smaller um Redemption-based game that was taking uh, that would uh, give out tokens. Uh, this is Super Mario World, a pinball game. Uh, so some interesting things about this game will obviously be, um, you know, it, it's a it's a well-known game. Uh, so he's a video game fan. We'd like. To, uh, I am also a game a gamer. So I, I want to talk to him a little bit about, uh, you know, does it does it uh, meet the needs of what you were looking for out of that game? Also, uh, it gets a bad rap. So I'd like to hear a little bit more about the game itself. And uh, finally uh, he uh, actually had this uh, very unique experience with uh, Charles Bartonette, uh that brought uh, to new, brought to light some new information about uh, the character of Mario and how early Charles uh, was voicing him. Uh, so hopefully you enjoy this uh, this is episode three uh, with Harry Jackson uh, on Super Mario. It's the Gottlieb pinball game. Enjoy. And hello, everybody. Uh, we are back with uh, talking with owners. We're talking with uh, pinball owners about pinball games that they own, that they've collected, and uh, the games they've decided to add to their collections. And today we're talking with Harry Jackson from uh, Southern Jersey or South Jersey pinball players. I've seen some SJ stuff pop up on uh, on high scores. Uh, Harry Jackson, if you've seen, um, uh, seen us on Twitch, uh, you may have seen him uh, before. Uh, he was the winner of the Star Wars um, launch party tournament um, and and has since. Um, we didn't stream the la- latest thing, but we just had a high score uh, tournament for charity in which Harry beat my high score. <laughs> so <laughs> I came in third, actually, and Harry came in first. But here we are. Here's Harry Jackson. How you doing, man?
1: I'm doing well. There, there was a theme there, though. I think it was on Star Wars again. So I think as long as we just do every tournament on Star Wars ever, uh, I think I'll be great. That's hear that, fine. <laughs> just all Star
0: Wars. Just all Star Wars. All right. Just no one will be mad about that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> not at all. Uh,
0: so uh, we're not here to talk about Star Wars, though. Hey, you never know. Uh, it's a, it's a just a chatty show. Uh, but today we decided that uh, I wanted to reach out to you, Harry, because you've. You're a friendly pinball guy that we I've run into it um, at Pinball Gallery and Pin Crossing, some events in the Philadelphia uh, in Greater Philadelphia area, and you had told me that you own um, a Super Mario pinball machine.
1: I do. Uh, it's actually the very first machine I ever uh, bought. Um, this was I I'm kind of new to competitive pinball. This was uh, March of 2017 uh, that I went to go get it. So a little over a year ago. And uh, yeah, this was this is my very first machine in my collection, so it's it's very special to me, and I'm I'm really excited to talk about it.
0: All right, excellent. So uh, for those of you that don't know, um, I'm also kind of newer, and the reason for this podcast is, and the reason for this series, whatever the heck I end up setting releasing it as, <laughs> will be to give you an opportunity to say, I don't know anybody in the community, I don't know anything about these games. Where can I go to find out about owners? Find out about why they bought it, who they are, what they like about it, what they don't like about it, what a what a search for a pinball machine is like, what costs are like, how do people buy them, like the all of these crazy things that you maybe have never considered until you finally say, you know what, I want one. That's what we're doing here. So. Um, Let's start off with Harry. You said you started in March uh, 2017. This was your first game. So, uh, what what was um, what made you decide that you wanted to own a game, and how did you come to the decision that it was going to be Mario?
1: Well, I was one of those uh, those kids that grew up with uh, pinball in arcades, and I think there's a lot of stories that start out in like bowling alleys and old arcades, and it was a similar thing for me where My dad uh, bowled in a bowling league. So once a week, he would bring me along, you know, to watch him and support him. And I would just end up in the arcade the entire time. So (laughs) there was no cheering for dad going on. Uh, But, uh, you know, ever since uh, growing up with pinball. And and seeing it, it out in the arcades, I didn't know that there was this collector community that you could bring the, the roller coaster home, so to speak, uh, and play it every day in, in your own house uh, until I got much older. And then uh, when I came upon Pinside and the the pinball collecting community, um, I started thinking about, well, gee, I'd really like to own a game. And then you look at new in-box prices. And you see that they're $5,000, $6,000, you know, sometimes all the way up, depending on the the limited editions and all that. And I thought to myself, there is no way I'm going to pay $5,000 for a game. I I want something much lower in in cost. But, you know, being the late 80s, 90s kid that I was, I also wanted a a DMD, um, something Mm -hmm. that I was used to and that I grew up with. So trying to find a DMD... In the under five thousand dollar range, uh, kind of put me in a in a limited window, and that's when I, I started going to Pinside and and looking around and putting the parameters in the searches, and uh, you know again this being my first pinball machine I wasn't really keen to ship anything either, so I was sure. looking for something local to the New Jersey area, um, and you know just kind of limiting my search even further. So. Uh, searching Pinside one day I saw a post from uh, someone in New Jersey in Livingston, New Jersey uh, which is about two hours north of me okay. and uh, they were advertising this Super Mario Brothers machine and uh, you know this kind of hit me in two areas one the pinball area and being really enjoying pinball but then also uh, I'm a huge Nintendo kid and I grew up on Uh, Mario games, especially, you know, more than the Zeldas and the Metroids and everything out there. I was a Mario kid first, and uh, this just kind of hit me right in my wheelhouse. So I said, you know what? I need this game. But (laughs) being new to pinball and new to the hobby and new to pin side, I didn't realize uh, that there's a 24-hour probationary period before you're allowed to post or send messages. So I uh, I registered on the inside right away as soon as I saw it I I uh, jumped on the 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 forum thread and there wasn't much I could do so so that 24 hour waiting period when you're thinking about your first game and it's like the only thing that's going through your head while you're doing the 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 hunt and the search that was rough. <laughs>
0: that oh my gosh rough. I uh, uh, I will tell you that that is not something that crossed my mind as you were you're talking through, like, this is my first game, I found this on inside, I'm thinking of, like, all the different, like, oh, well, this guy's gonna, you know, f- you know, the price will surprise you, the, the, you know, he lied about the distance, or, like, he might just be at an event that day, well, you know, you think of all the random things that could happen for a, for right. a, you know, the first time, oh my gosh, I am so impatient. <laughs> just to imagine, I'm like, I've got it. Mario. Mario Pinball Machine, and then see it there, see that he's asking for it, and all you want to do is literally contact the guy and go, uh, yes. <laughs>
1: yep, exactly, exactly. And and to compound matters a little bit further, the poster was a new to Pinside user as well. So you know how Pinside mm. kind of gives you that warning flag that, hey, this person just created an account, you know, be, be on the lookout for scams. Um, that flag was posted about this this – user who was posting the Mario. So I said, oh, man, what am I getting myself into? I don't know very much about this hobby, and here I'm going to try to negotiate and buy a pinball machine. So in the thread, uh, I have to give a shout-out to a Pinside user, Jake Kasahani, I think is is how you pronounce it, but he's a northern New Jersey Pinsider, who actually offered to go check out the machine for anybody who uh, was interested, who was coming from a a distance away. And uh, I actually, once my probationary period was up, I reached out to him and uh, I asked him just for some general advice. I, I wasn't really sure, you know, what, what should I look for? What, am I, uh, what are some things to be aware of? Uh, and he kind of helped guide me through the process. And and while I was talking to him, I was also talking to the seller Mm -hmm. and we were going through the negotiation period. And I I don't know about you, but the negotiation part is some of the most stressful when you, when you have a pin that you're really, your heart is set on and you really want to go grab it. But at the same time, you're kind of trying to make a deal. Um, that, that can be some really, really stressful times.
0: Now, um, for those of you that don't know, you know obviously pinside is kind of a Craigslist or you know, Facebook marketplace. Uh, these guys are posting and they're posting a price. Sometimes they're posting like that or best offer. sometimes in the post they'll say you know trades considered. Now if this is your first pin, obviously you do not have a pinball machine to trade this man uh, and, and sometimes they say like pin, trades r- r- like they want to trade rather than cash. So the post is like for trade, not for sale, and the tra- it'll say for trade, but here's the here's the you know monetary value they put on it because they had to put something. So uh, now, did he ha- open be open about wanting to trade? Did he say cash only? Uh, how far off were you when he had a price and you had a price? How far did you have to go to you know meet yourself meet each other in the middle?
1: Uh, we were, we were only off by a little bit. Um, he didn't have any trades and I later found out it was because he was getting out of the hobby altogether. This was his only machine oh, okay. and um, he was just looking to downsize, get it out of his, uh, his basement. Um, but, uh, we were only off by a, a couple of a uh, hundred. Uh, at first it was a pretty big difference because we were trying to kind of negotiate and meet in the middle, yeah. but after a while, it got to the matter of where like there was a $200 difference between our prices, and I think at the end, I, I just I threw in the towel. I said, you know, and I think everybody does this on their first pin. They kind of overpay a little bit, but mm-hmm. I, I just wanted it. I really, really wanted a pinball machine. I wanted my first machine. Um, I was starting uh, South Jersey Pinball League the following week, so I, okay. I kind of just wanted to, I, I jumped into this hobby with like both feet, and I wanted to get in and, and get it, so, uh, so So we eventually agreed on a price and uh, I I agreed on a time and we made the two hour trip. My father, my girlfriend and and I in his pickup truck, and we drove up there. I think I watched every Todd Tucky video I could to learn how to break down a pinball machine and how to move it and uh, all the ins and outs of Mario and and the the machine itself to try to learn if there were any hidden tricks. Um, Yeah, I mean, it was just that that excitement of. A first pinball machine. I just, I, I love it. And every time I go on to pick up a machine since, uh, it, it's kind of been that same like kind of Christmas morning feeling to it. That that you just get that excitement.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I totally understand that. I think that that's that's one of the things that like uh, some people don't understand about uh, the hunt, which is really like when you've even if you've made the decision, it's ready to go. You're gonna, you've set a date. Like that morning like for me for christmas morning even now as a 30 plus year old man uh, I wake up early I am the first person awake in my house and I now have a 3 year old I've got to wake her up to tell her it's christmas get up santa came <laughs> so uh, I totally understand that that idea of like oh my goodness it's this is real this is going to be mine and on this day, at this time, I'm going to go get it. So it sounds like, you know, one of the other big things when it comes to this this, this hobby is that it sounds like you had a great experience having that shout-out from the Pinsider who, you know, might, you know, may have gone to look at it for you, or at least gave you some pointers. And you've got a – you had a little army with you. You had your father and your uh, girlfriend. Now, um, walk, me through, uh, walk me through the pickup, you know, drop-off. Like, did you have uh, – did you have the materials necessary to move that thing from where it was into your car, or did the buyer? Uh, what did you realize you didn't have? Did you run into any issues, and did you get it into the house without a problem?
1: Uh, we, it was, it was pretty smooth. I okay. will say this: it was again, it was my first ever pinball move. My my father, my parents had never owned pinball machines. Nobody in my family. So we were we were going on my YouTube knowledge alone to figure out how to break this machine down and move it successfully. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, when I got there, I said, well, gee, I hope this guy knows sort of what he's doing, so maybe he can guide me through it if I'm doing something wrong. Well, we get there, and, um, you know, first of all, I have to say, the pinball hobby is so interesting because it's one of the only ones where complete strangers will just invite you into your home, their homes, mm-hmm. without any kind of background or they don't think <laughs> you could be a stranger <laughs> off the street. Come on in, come on into my basement, it's fine. Come on in, come play my games. Uh, so I love that about the hobby. Mm-hmm. I think it's awesome, but it's also probably pretty strange to anybody who's outside of it. But um, we, we, you know, we kind of made the Craigslist jokes on the whole way up. Like, gee, I hope that this is legit. You know, I hope that we're not just going to some stranger's basement and, and you know, something horrible will happen. But sure. uh, luckily, nothing like that happened. Uh, the, the, the gentleman that we purchased the game from was super, super friendly, super nice, and uh, I went to work right away. I brought my socket set, and I brought sawhorses, and I brought foam. I think I might have overpacked because I I brought, like, everything in the kitchen sink just because it was my first pickup, and I didn't want to forget anything. I didn't want to leave anything at home. But um, I like
0: to make sure – I'm going to apologize right there. I I like to make sure that when you say something that uh, I don't know or I don't think someone else will know, um, it's good to point out. So uh, one of the big things like, a socket set. Now, obviously, uh, and maybe not obviously for everybody, uh, but a socket set, you're talking about a drill or drill bits uh, or a wrench set that is going to allow you the ability to unscrew the screws that are into the legs, the head, wherever the screws are to make this thing where it stands. Because uh, don't forget, you know, for those of you that are newer to it, like there's four legs on this machine that you can take off. You don't have to put it in the back of your car with the legs on, and the back, the head, the head can fold down. Folds down. For, yeah. for, for the most, you know, for more recent ones, or DMD ones. Um, but you said sawhorse. I don't know what the hell that is. <laughs> oh,
1: oh. They're, um, <laughs> they're little, uh, uh, like, uh, support stands that you can set up, and you can make kind of a makeshift workbench on them. Uh, oh, they're okay. just like little legs. They they fold. They're like little plastic. Uh, they sit. About the, uh, oh no! The you're
0: talking. I now I know what you're talking about. So you're talking about the ones that in which you would generally put up like uh, uh, for a workbench outside, kind yeah. of like a makeshift workbench. So mm-hmm. yeah, just a stand that you unfold that's meant for you know you more, more often see with uh, guys that are handy uh, construction work uh, guys mm-hmm. that are doing work outside in their, in their in their yard cutting wood and what have you. Right,
1: and I, I wanted to spare you know my leg or whatever. Some people like mm-hmm. can rest them on their legs and and just go from there. But I, I said no. Let me you know let me get a support system here so I can take off the leg successfully and mm. and get it up on its back. And it's funny because the gentleman I bought it from he had this machine for about thirteen years. He said, and he said that it when he whoever he bought it from set it up for him, so he had no idea that it all came apart like this. So as I'm taking uh. the machine apart and taking the pieces off, he, he's kind of. You know, shocked that it all comes apart and (laughs) folds together like this. So um, I I know when I initially got there, I thought, well, maybe he'll know more than I do about the machine. But it it turned out to be the opposite. That was not the uh, case. (laughs) No. And and one other thing that happened, and I don't know how often this happens on people's uh, hunt for a pinball machine. As I was playing it and testing it and then decided I wanted it, I purchased it. And then I started packing it all up. The uh, seller started getting very nostalgic and talking about how his kids used to play it and he got very – I was very worried that he was going to just renege on this entire deal and, and, and take, <laughs> take away my hopes of a first pinball machine. Like just because of listening to the way he was talking about it and he was just like, oh, we really had some great times with this yeah. machine and I, I I just really wish, you know, we could play it one more time. I was like, you could play it right now if you want. i just put the lights back on. It's fine. But, uh, no, it, it, luckily it didn't uh, come to that, but I thought I'd have to pry this machine out of this man's hand. That's
0: great. I started packing it up. I bet you now, like, for collectors that have a large amount of them, I imagine, like, that might that might come up. But with one, it's like, I bet you that was a lot harder for him. If he's yeah. had that for 13 years, it's his only machine, he decided to back out. He's also thinking, like, this thing is going to be a, uh, a horse to move, and you folded it up all nicely. He's probably thinking, it's like, man, this doesn't take up as much space as I thought. I could probably store this somewhere. Look at how small this gets. You know what? Maybe this guy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Can you just set it back up for me? Here's your money back, you know, just yeah. kind of. Kick me out the door, but no, no, it was it was once we uh, got it folded up, I, I kind of I, I quickened my pace a little bit just to get it wrapped up in and <laughs> into the car. Okay. <laughs> but uh, it was it was all great, and you know he actually ended up throwing in some extra bulbs and uh, some other extras that I I didn't think of the manual. He had the manual with oh, nice. it, uh, which was great. Um So you know it was it was it couldn't have been a better first pin experience uh, on on all
0: all the way around. Great. Well, I'm glad to hear that. And, um, and it's, it's nice to know, like for one, the, having the saw horses, like that's a big thing when you're taking off the legs. Like I talked about like, Hey, it's good that you had an army. It's good that you had two people with you that could have helped you put that thing down. And the fact that the uh, previous, the previous owner didn't really know that he probably wouldn't have been a whole lot of help. Uh, maybe could, you know, carry it a little bit, but not necessarily because that's one of the things you also have to like not take for granted it is possible that the person who's selling this is saying it's your like you deal with it. It's in my basement. Oh yeah. And, and it uh, sounds like that's kind uh, of your experience because you I mean, had to yeah. move it out of yeah, out of his place. Um, but, yeah, quite a bit. And I was
1: worried about nicking anything in his basement mm-hmm. as well. I didn't want to hit anything on the way out. Um, you know, it was just uh, trying to make sure that you know we were as careful as possible moving it out and and all that. Um, we also brought us. Uh, a hand truck, which yeah. is important, you know, to have with you, um, especially these Gottlieb System threes. They're they're a little bit heavier, I think, than most machines. Um, the straps uh, the, 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 we brought ratchet straps, which were very important, and we also brought uh, some foam, which uh, you find they sell it maybe by the piece for like garage flooring and things like that. Foam that you can stand on. Uh, we brought that just to wrap uh, around the straps, to make sure that they weren't uh, injuring the machine on the edges, sure, and also. For for the uh for the back box the so when the back box folded back.
0: down on the playfield
1: yep, yep yep so that it didn't dig into the uh the support
0: rails yep yep so the, that's all all supportive so so some of the things like coming out of, out of your experience you know like you had basically everything you needed with the with the socket set to take it apart with the uh foam to protect the back glass and protect the wrap uh, when you wrapped it you wrapped it with the uh ratchet uh, or uh uh, ratchet straps rather than, you know, some people use uh, packings, uh, packing packing uh, wrap or pallet wrap, excuse me. And, you know, you had help. Uh, you had a dolly. Dolly was, uh, was it the, um, like, just blow-up wheels or, like, hard hard wheel? Hard wheels, mm-hmm. yeah. All right, nice. Yeah.
1: But uh, once we got it over to the truck, it was just really easy to just kind of, uh, keep it on its back, and then just kind of fold, flip it up onto the truck and just slide it forward from there. Nice. Um, like I said, it was two-plus hours away, and we were concerned about weather at the time because it was overcast, oh, so we okay. made sure we got a tarp Good. Uh, and made sure to, to wrap it securely under a tarp. And I'll tell you what, that two-hour trip, this must be, I don't have children of my own, but this must be what having a child and bringing it home from the hospital is like because every bump, every every uh anything potholes in the road i'm turning around looking in the back seat the back of the cab of the truck make sure that that's still in the same exact spot as we we put it in so. with a
0: three-year-old i'm gonna tell you and also a pinball collector myself children a lot lighter <laughs> coming home from the hospital you they're real just you just put them wherever you want pop them down, <laughs> just right? pop them down just one hand you two you can have the car seat all much much easier <laughs>
1: my dad was like i'm gonna give you something you just have to relax i'm gonna give you like a sleeping pill or something i, I don't know every <laughs> every single bump i'm like you're going too fast you're going too, we, can you avoid those bumps please oh, i just good. paid money for that that's my baby <laughs> uh
0: all right well so you get it home sounds like you had no problems really setting it up uh once you have it up and running at home any problems in the onset of playing the game? Did you notice there were any issues? Were any known issues when you bought it? What was kind of up with that?
1: So there was one known issue and it was that the every so often the ball uh, trough would eject two balls at once. Mm-hmm. And it would confuse the machine, uh, the machine would, as soon as one of those drain, uh, the machine would end your ball and it would be over. So uh, I spent quite a bit of time. I, at first I posted on Pinside, you know, hey, does anybody else have this issue? And a couple of folks uh, said to check the coil sleeves inside the machine, make sure that they weren't uh, too powerful. It wasn't the wrong coil. Okay. Because what I noticed was the, uh, the kicker in the trough was kicking the balls out, uh, and then the, it would ricochet against the other balls that were in the trough and hit that kicker again. And the kicker, thinking that it was, hey, the ball drained, I need to kick the ball back out, would kick the ball out a second time and that ricochet would oh, okay. cause a second ball to go out into the drain. So it was, it was almost like it was kicking it too hard um, and uh, that ricochet was causing the problem. But I, what I noticed was there was a, a, a ball trough gate that there, the balls were just kind of bypassing. They were going right through it as if it wasn't even there. And uh, I tried to buy a second gate um, and that didn't fix the problem for very long. It fixed it temporarily, but not very long until somebody... Uh, on my pin side post, recommended getting a spring, like a flipper spring, a small spring, uh, to put on the the ball trough and the gate uh, that ejects the balls. And it actually holds that gate tighter than what I had originally, and it makes it so that the balls don't fly back into the kicker. Hmm. So that that was how we solved that problem, Um, but that was one that was an issue from the outset.
0: That's yeah, and uh, and I have to say, with it being your first game, knowing that there was an issue and having it go as deep as I had to custom piece apart to make this thing work the way I wanted it to, that's pretty rough. Like, I mean, it's not that d- bad of a an issue. Like, you know, when you just go to like all the things that could be wrong. Well, none of the lights turn on, or you know, <laughs> yeah, none of yeah. these things work. <laughs> uh but that sounds like a pretty uh pretty significant issue to kind of like run into in your first go-round but i'm glad to hear that uh you were able to get some support and again just posting the pin side asking the questions to the folks that would know usually you're going to get some help if you don't get any help do quite a bit of google searching or pin side searching you'll end up finding quite a few answers there
1: right right and then uh you know in the course of the things that I've done to the machine, I uh, caused some issues where <laughs> um, I, uh, I actually was trying to take the upper play field off. Uh, there's a there's a secondary upper play field in the back of the machine. And uh, I thought that, you know, it, 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 there were just these post screws that you could just unscrew with a screwdriver at the top and it would pop right out. It'd be fine. I ended up snapping the screw because there's a, a substance called Loctite underneath of the play field um, on a lot of Gottlieb machines. And it's, think of it almost like glue. Um, it's like a blue substance material that, that really holds that, that post on very strongly. So you can't just, uh, screw it out normally. Uh, so I snapped the screw and, uh, I, I found out that for Gottlieb system three machines, your go-to resource is a company called, uh, PB resource. I don't know if you've used at Steve uh, Young's company, PB Resource. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the things that I found out very quickly about PB Resource is, you know, they're very old school. You either have to order the parts over the phone. Um, They do take email orders, but, you know, you need to kind of go through a catalog and make sure you have the part numbers down and everything like that. So I, I did all the steps. I, I prepared myself a script to have ready because I heard that um, the, I heard that Steve can be a little bristly on the phone. Um, and I, I, you know, this is me first machine. You know, I broke yeah. something on my first machine. I'm all upset. I call Steve and I, I'm explaining to him what happened. And I said, "Yeah, I was I was loosening a screw and it just it, it snapped on me. So I need you know two or three more of these these screw posts." And I, I got a lecture from Steve <laughs> that was basically saying, you know, we only have so many of these original Gottlieb parts left, so please, please, please don't just willy-nilly unscrew posts on your board because this Loctite. He, he was the one that taught me about the Loctite. Sure. Um, so it was, it was all in good uh, education, uh-huh. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, if you're not used to that kind of a personality on the, on the phone or, you know, in, in the hobby – you may take it as you know some sort of uh, admonishment or, or something, you know, based on what you were doing. But, uh, but no, I, I I think all all due respect to Steve, he was great, and I got my new posts, and now I know that if I want to take any more posts off the game, and now, you
0: know, to, <laughs> now I know, <laughs>
1: heat them up a little bit with maybe a soldering gun, and uh, you know you can you can uh, loosen up that Loctite and get them out of there. So you
0: know, I uh, I have a system one. I have a street-level game. So that's mm-hmm. System 1 or System 3, one of those two. And oh. I've seen that blue Loctite stuff, yeah. and I can't say that that stopped me from taking any of the screws out. <laughs> and two I also, numbers, I'm not 100% sure I didn't break a lot of them <laughs> took them out. <laughs> I just hadn't considered it because I'm doing a full playfield swap. And, and sure enough, every decal, I, every decal, every plastic, and the whole playfield that I just... Um, just had clear coded is from pinball resource so uh i did not directly buy it from them i got it from a guy who bought it from them um but that's good to know <laughs> i hope i don't have to <laughs> call steve
1: <laughs> just just have your part numbers ready and yep, yep. be ready for a mid to stern lecture listen so, uh listen see i've already
0: at. got the i've already got the you're talking to from harry um i'm a same boat i didn't know about the loctite <laughs> i need these parts <laughs> That's pretty good. Say
1: I'm very very sorry. I know that there's only so many left in the world. Um, I, I learned my lesson. Never happen
0: again. That's good. Well, <laughs> hey, you got a lesson that's gonna help you. You know, help you going forward. Yep. All right. So you've had. Um, you said you got this March 2017. So mm-hmm. uh, talk to me about the game itself, the Super Mario. Uh, now there are two Super Mario Gottlieb pinball machines. You're talking about which one?
1: I'm talking about the full size blue cabinet uh, uh, version. And there was, you were right, there's a one called Super Mario Brothers Mushroom World. Mushroom which World. I think came out a year later. And um, it is a smaller half size cabinet. Uh, it's yellow. Um, and th- it's much rarer than this machine. That one, there's only 300 of them that were ever produced. And uh, they actually came with a really neat feature where uh, the legs can adjust for children. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can have a machine that's, you know, kind of half the height so kids can play. And it was also set up for Ticket Redemption. So it's a pretty neat game. If you see it out in the wild, definitely uh, give it a play because it's it's a rarity. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I don't know how many of them are still out there and, and around. Uh, whereas this one, there were 4,200 of them that were made. So okay. um, it's much more uh, prevalent out there in the wild.
0: Okay, so you've got a Gottlieb, um, full size Super Mario, uh, Pinball Machine. Uh, talk me through kind of how that game plays. What what are uh, some features of the game? What are some of the things that you enjoy about uh, playing through the game? And for 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 the Nintendo fans, um, tell me what what Gottlieb does that Nintendo don't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I'll pose with a question to you. In Super Mario Brothers, the game, what what is the goal of the game? In almost every Super Mario Brothers. You
0: gotta you gotta go through those pipes and beat Bowser.
1: Yeah, and rescue the princess, right? Yeah, that's so right. It, so it's, it's pretty
0: much the same here. Um, and I'm sorry. I, after after years and years of saving her, I'm so frustrated with her having <laughs> it caught over and over again. I'm like, no, i just got to defeat Bowser. If I save <laughs> At her, some point,
1: fine. you got to wonder, right? Like, Is she is she like just leaving the back door open? How does this happen over and over again?
0: I'm really interested. Uh, did, have you played, and we'll, we'll get into more Mario stuff maybe later, but have you played Odyssey? Yes. I
1: love, All the way through? I love Odyssey
0: yes yep. yeah i feel like that the the end of odyssey and we won't uh well we'll spoil it later <laughs> but, but like it, it made me feel like that finally felt like an end that made sense to me versus like the classic oh we finally found you finally found her and there she is and there you go right 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 until next time
1: <laughs> until next time until the next game Until odyssey 2 um, so I think that Gottlieb and Nintendo did a really great job here of sort of recreating the classic Mario experience by you go through seven castles, which is kind of strange because uh, usually in Mario lore there's eight castles. Yeah. Um, but you go through seven castles, uh, and you have to destroy the castles to save the princess. Yeah. And in order to destroy a castle, you have to uh, become Super Mario, so you have to spell Super Throughout the playfield. Now, you can get S, U, P, and E uh, using the upper uh, left flipper shot. There's actually three flippers on this game. Um, So uh, there's uh, an upper left flipper shot that will continue it to a a small ramp, a green ramp that will take it around to your right flipper. Um, And that's how you get through those letters. The R you have to spell by hitting one of the two, uh, they call them gobble holes. There are two holes in the playfield on the left and right sides. And uh, that's how you get your final letter.
0: Now, uh, I, I want st- to stop there because um, those those holes are substantial um, <laughs> in comparison to like – and I I think of like a kicker um, or like a – you know, just a kick – I guess it would be called a kicker hole or something along those lines, a kickout hole, where it's just kind of like an indent in the game where the ball will rest and then get kicked out. And that's faster experience um, but Gottlieb chose to have it be just a, a hole through the play field to which the ball is falling through, um, and and we'll get to that a little bit later. But I wanted to make sure I, I paused to express that these are not these are not kickout holes. These are just right, right. these are black holes to which the ball escapes from the p- field of play from.
1: Yes, the ball disappears from your view pretty much, especially that right hole, and uh, for the unsuspecting player, it may be pretty surprising uh, that that happens. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, they're, they're very essential to the game because you, you need them to spell super, mm-hmm. and super can do quite a few things. Now, God, this game gets a lot of bad rap for being pretty easy and pretty simple, and I'll explain in a little bit that it, it isn't a very good tournament game. But it is deeper than I think a lot of people give it credit for. Okay. Um, so, you know, when you're in this super mode, the lights are flashing, the music's going. They, they use uh, music from Super Mario World, which had just come out the year before okay. uh, in in North America, uh, which I think is really great. All the sound effects, all the music comes straight from the game. Um, and you're, they, there's actually a your left side outlane uh, kick save is activated. And there's also a little shield that comes up between in the drain, Uh, so your ball can't go straight down the middle. Now, your goal in super mode is to hit the ball into the back castle hole, which is there's a rotating plastic castle that's spinning and flashing, uh, and there's a a gobble hole under that. Um, You have to hit it in that hole before you either hit that kick save or the middle drain. If you hit either one of those, it'd be the same as if Mario takes damage in the game, where he goes from being Super Mario to the small Mario. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you do have to kind of think about, okay, where's the ball? Do I have to do a save here um, in order to stay super and keep it in that mode before you hit it into the hole? So that that's that's one of the objects of the game. Okay. Uh, the, there's also six modes in this game. Um, and you can start a mode by collecting there. There's uh, turtle shell shots that alternate through the playfield as it, as the ball hits the slings, um, and you can you hit these posts or you can hit the ramp and you collect these turtle shells. And once you collect the turtle shells, uh, you can start a mode at one of the mode start. Uh, areas okay and each of the modes have different uh, play field uh, rules and mechanics there's a, a super bumpers mode where your bumpers are a million ahead um, there's a yoshi countdown uh, area where uh, you have to hit a target on the upper play field very quickly as it's counting down and you can get big points that way um, and each of these modes the scoring can be doubled if you you take super into it mm-hmm. so you kind of want to think, if you're if you're playing for competition, you're playing for points, you kind of have to think, well, okay, if, if I'm in super mode, can I start one of these other playfield modes as well and get double scoring? Because, especially with that Yoshi countdown, you can get some really big points out of that.
0: Huh, okay.
1: So, so... It, all right. So after all that, you can also uh, start multi-ball. There's a two-ball and three-ball multi-ball in this game. Um, you can start multi-ball by hitting. There are uh, four shots on the playfield that are numbered one, two, three, and four. By completing those shots, uh, you can uh, start multi-ball at the left gobble hole. Um, you can. It'll be a two-ball multi-ball if you are not in super mode. If you are in super mode and you hit that gobble hole, it'll be a three-ball multi-ball. Oh, nice. And okay the jackpot shot is the castle shot. So, um, you know, that that can be pretty tricky to do because when you get into super mode and uh, you get the three-ball multi-ball, they're much more likely to hit either that kick save or the little drain shield in the yeah. middle. Um, so you'll be knocked out of super mode. Uh, but uh, the jackpots uh, go from 5 million to 10 million to 20 million to then 40 million. Wow. And um, one of my critiques about the game is... Uh, it's very easy to repeat the shot. So if you cradle the ball uh, on your flipper, on your right flipper, uh, and you cradle a ball on your left flipper in multiball, and you shoot that jackpot shot with your left flipper, it's going to go down under the playfield uh, through the subway and then come out of the right gobble hole. Okay. The right gobble hole will kick it pretty safely to a cradled left flipper. So then oh, you use okay. the left flipper... Hit that jackpot that shot jackpot again. Back. Okay. Comes to a cradle. Hit the jackpot shot again. So I mean, if you're very good with that jackpot shot, you can pretty much break this game by keeping a ball on the right flipper safely out of out of play, and just using the left flipper to continually loop that
0: that jackpot, that jackpot. shot. Okay. So um, I think you've given a good sense, a, a, at least a variety on on some of the concepts of the game. Um, I would based just on just the naming of the shots, the way the layout is displayed, and, and I'll show some video uh, so that people can actually see what this game looks like. Um, but uh, would, would you say that theme is, uh, is well presented on the Gottlieb machine? Do you think it feels like a super, uh, super Mario game?
1: Absolutely. I think that, you know, especially uh, with the music, the sound effects from the games, um, there are concepts that you'll see that they use that are in the game. There's like, oh, get the feather. Well, that feather is a power-up in Super Mario World. Uh, go find Yoshi. You know, Yoshi's uh, a, a new a new, a mechanic that was brought in in Super Mario World. Mm-hmm. So I think that and, – and all of the call-outs. Um, I, I, I don't know if we want to talk about the, the uh, voice acting and yeah. what we found out recently about that, but uh, the call-outs are all – Uh, uh, throughout. This this game doesn't shut up, so if you're a Mario (laughs) fan and you hear Mario talking to you, um, it it really uh, it'll really keep you going. And There's also a voice actress that's playing the princess as well, and she talks to you. So uh, theme integration, uh, you know, it's definitely an A-plus here. Um, I think that they did, other than that missing 8th castle, I think they Mm -hmm. did a great job of integrating the theme.
0: And I I know uh, this from just having seen it a few times, but um, I would also say that uh, I, I think they did a really good job using the DMD to present Mario in a way that felt friend- felt in line with the games while also being simpler because it's on a pinball machine I like yeah, they... and
1: this is Scott first DMD machine so I think mm-hmm. for them to be new to the DMD game and DMD animations this is this is an A plus for them um, there's actually a Super Mario a, a rudimentary, super mario side scrolling game that's a video mode in this machine um where you use the right flipper to run and the left flipper to jump and you actually get extra points if you hold the right flipper and run throughout the entire thing so you know it's, oh, it's wow. deep there's a lot to it
0: so uh you've had it for a year and a half mm-hmm. um you have have you sold any games that you have since per, uh, that you've purchased so, is, or no, is everything that you've bought still in your collection? I know it's a short window of time, but
1: yeah. So after Mario, I bought two more games. I bought a Stars, mm-hmm. a Stern Stars, and also uh, a Who And then I have a game that's out on location right now, um, which is Star Wars.
0: <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> uh,
1: okay. But uh, but they've all they're all they've all stayed in the collection so far.
0: Mhm. So um, we'll, we'll probably have you back for Star Wars and possibly Who We'll see. Uh, because those are, you know, for one, Star Wars is kind of a, a game that I think uh, gets a bad rap. Uh, as of late, you know, this, this could release in 2020. I have no idea what year or month we're releasing this series. Uh, but, you know, whenever you're listening to this, Star Wars, at its initial release, was not, uh, wasn't wasn't well-loved across all the whole uh, collection. Um, and this one as well, uh, Super Mario is not considered a game that when you tell somebody you're like, you know what, the first game, I'm gonna get my first pinball machine and you know what I want? Mario. The first reaction I've seen is usually, I eh, no you don't
1: <laughs> Yeah, I, I got that a lot too. It was like, Oh, I got my first machine and then everybody asks, Well, what is it? And I said, Oh, it's Super Mario Brothers and I get this Ooh, I'm so uh, sorry. You know, exactly. And it, it's hey, I I I didn't It was the theme that spoke to me at the time, Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, I will say this, uh, out of all of the games in my collection, when we have family over, when we have friends over, non-pinball people, uh, they they go to Super Mario first, Mm -hmm. they they gravitate to that machine, and they'll play that one the most. Um, It's, you know, because of all the history and and it being my first machine, it's going to be very hard for me to part with it, Mm -hmm. even if it's not the best for competition play or for tournaments.
0: So I'll, I'll share that uh, my first machine was Comet, and I think it lasted six months, and um, and there isn't a single game that I have owned that has lasted longer than six months, mm. um, and that is more because I have a very I've I've enough space for about three to four machines, and every machine I have ever bought has been a part of the buy or sell of another, so like. Um, I might have loved Mario, but if I wanted another game, Mario would have had to have left for me to bring something in. Uh, so I, I appreciate the fact that you have – you've got a good small collection. You haven't done it, Mario, a Stars, So you have a variety of games from a variety of builders uh, giving you a variety of play. Um, you have deeper, uh, I would say a deeper game in who done it uh, from a Bally Williams uh, sense. you You've taken a chance on you know, a Gottlieb game and you have Mario, which appeals to you as a theme. And Stars is a well-liked early stern kind of a shooter game. it's a it's a pinballers pinball game. Right. Um, and and you even have something that again, I, I have to assume you're a Star Wars fan if you have a Star Wars pinball machine. and that's Absolutely. another one. It has a great theme so I think you've done a good job co- uh, putting together a small collection of theme based games that are appealing as well as getting yourself something you learn on uh, with stars that is just literally very hard and and early enough that it's going to teach you the tools of play at both the you know kind of early game uh, side as well as some of the newer um, uh, mode based games you know, hit these shots to a uh, progress type uh, strategy as well. That's what I was
1: hoping for. Um, I, I don't know if it's translated into results yet, uh, but I, I hope so. I, I love Stars. I love Who Done It as well. Um, the stars is just, it will kick you, it'll take your lunch money and laugh at you while it does it. Um, but you know, it's, it's one of those, I just have to play one more time kind of games. And, and, you know, I learned how to tap pass on stars, mm-hmm. um, which is, it was great. And it's great to get used to the speed of those older games and, uh, who done it is now, you know, teaching me multi-ball control and hurry up shots and things like that. So, um, you know, even, even the other games in our collection, uh, have really, really, uh, helped teach me other, other aspects of pinball and helped improve my game, I think in my opinion.
0: So, um, you're now, you've had the game for a year and a half, you're you're happy and have a connection to S- Super Mario, um, as I got as that, that pinball machine. If you were starting today, and you were picking a first pinball machine, uh, would Mario still be it? I think
1: so. Um, okay. You know, it, I think that question depends for other people, depends on... Uh, who else in your household is going to be playing the game? Um, Mario for me um, Is great because of the family aspect, um, but you know if I To to be competitive in pinball. I think it is a very tough sell once you kind of get that multi-ball exploit down uh, You've kind of broken the game So, you know if if this is the only game in your collection And you really don't care about theme and you don't have a family that cares about theme or anything like that, it's just you and your pinball collection, I don't think Mario is the game for you. Mm-hmm. But if you are trying to get kids into pinball, if you have, uh, you know, a spouse or significant other who's kind of leery about pinball but can get in on something that has a great theme, um, that's a pretty simple rule set, you know, it's just it's really easy to explain to them, hey, spell super, hit the castle, and you know, you're advancing. The castle progress actually saves between games as long as you don't shut the machine off. And the castle progress saves between players as well. So my girlfriend and I will say, Hey, do you wanna play some Mario? Let's team up and try to get to the the end of the game. Let's try to get all seven castles. So, you know, I think it really appeals in a household where you don't have serious competitive pinball players who can appreciate the theme as well.
0: Yeah, I mean honestly the that is I, you know, obviously, like I'm—I was a gamer first. I did video games and worked in uh, worked at freelance for the games industry, and that's where I fell in love. Uh, but I was not a—I was not a Nintendo uh, boy. I did not grow up with Nintendo in my home. Uh, my first Mo- or my first uh, video game system that I was allowed to have in my home was uh, like Sony PlayStation One. But okay. what I was also allowed to have was portable games, and so my very first console is the N- Nintendo Game Boy. My very first game is Super Mario Land, so like I have an appreciation for honestly a a one tone (laughs) Nintendo uh, Nintendo Mario game. So it's just like oh my god, I'd be so nostalgic just for the DMD on that thing. Um, Right. right. And and it is colorful and playful. It it uh, uh, aligns with the theme well. I think those you know gobble holes, those giant holes in the playfield are are. Um, meant to make the game easier for people that are walking up to it for the first time. And as you said, anybody that doesn't play pinball is probably going to go up to Mario first because they're familiar right. enough with the theme to know what it is, and they're not going to have what I would describe as a Star Wars-like experience <laughs> where uh, they, they don't really know what to do, what to shoot for, or you know, may struggle with just being onboarded for, for that game. All right, so uh, we've kind of talked about the game. Um, I think you've given some really good points as to, you know, for one, uh, why pinball people may may or may not fall into uh, an interest in that game. Uh, the theme is solid, and, and non-pinball players will come to it, so it's a friendly game. Uh, but if someone were to say, you know what, Mario is my game based on this, you know what, I think I am going to buy it, is there anything uh, related to be owning that game Uh, that you've run into that are like significant uh, system errors um, anything that is uh, technical that you need to be aware of or anything that is uh dangerous about that game that you just want to make sure you express uh to a potential owner uh
1: one of the first things that uh, a potential owner or somebody who's looking to buy the game should watch out for is let's talk about those gobble holes Mm -hmm. um as you know, if a pinball hits a certain area of the playfield repeatedly, uh, repeatedly um, it's going to eat away at the surface and at the wood around that area. And, and the same thing happening uh, for those gobble holes, especially if the machine is out on route somewhere. Um, so, you know, you want to, if you don't know whether or not the machine's been on, out, on route, look, out, look at those gobble holes very closely and see if the playfield wood is starting to wear away. Um, as the ball goes around and again i don't think it's something that you really have to worry about as your um hold on a yeah, second, i don't think it's oh, yep, yep, no something
0: problem. just uh, threw me off here why is that i just had a pop like my whole screen just popped up over you oh no uh let's go back to just um could you start your answer again? I apologize. Oh yeah. At just no, no the uh, mentioning the gobble holes. No problem. Okay.
1: Just let me know when.
0: Whenever you're ready. Okay.
1: So uh, one of the first things you want to look out for, if you're a new owner or potential owner, is uh, the gobble holes uh, around those gobble holes we talked about. Um as you know, if you know you're playing uh, pinball and the a pinball hits an area of the play field repeatedly, um that metal ball will start to eat away at that soft wood underneath, especially if it's not clear-coated or anything like that. Um those gobble hole areas are very high traffic areas and if the machine has been on route uh before, uh you want to make sure that the gobble holes are taken care of or that the artwork isn't starting to chip away from those areas. Um you know, it's something that if it's in your private ownership, you're probably not going to play it enough to wear away the holes that badly, but if it was out on location somewhere or on, on a route, um, you want to make sure that you want uh, that those are pretty in pretty good shape. Um, if they are damaged in any way, or if you're a little unsure about it, uh, actually the Cliffy uh, company makes, uh, or maybe it's just one, one individual uh, named Cliffy, uh, he makes <laughs> protectors.
0: <laughs> I think that's I think that's, that's, that's exactly uh, how I describe Cliffy. it. It's only those Cliffy protectors. Cliffy, uh, yeah. the guy. We no, Cliffy, right? Yeah, Cliffy. Uh,
1: he makes protectors for Super Mario Brothers for those gobble holes um, that will protect those areas, uh, so that way, in your ownership, in your care, they will be taken care of. Um, one other area to look for is uh, the trim pot on the uh, on the on the board in the back in the back box. Um, sometimes that will go faulty and short out. Um, That's something I learned from watching Todd Tucky's videos at TNT Amusement um, and also something on mine that I've kind of been watching out for. Um, If you get variance in sound levels and uh, in the voltages back there, um, that trim pot will need to be replaced. It's a pretty cheap part, but it's just something to keep an eye out for. But generally, Gottlieb System 3s, once you get them up and running, they have a pretty good reputation of being built strong, and uh they'll keep you in in pretty good uh working condition for for quite a long time
0: excellent so well that's good to hear i'd also say like um i've seen uh i don't any time of that age like games of the 90s uh from godly anything that is not made like eight thousand of um ramps just to be there are some ramps and some unique kind of plastics in the play field that may end up being a little bit more expensive to replace. Uh, nowadays, things are becoming more um, more common for people to rebuild and uh, recreate. Uh, so maybe that won't be an issue, you know, in the next year or so. Uh, but that's also something just to keep in mind.
1: Yeah, PB Resource. He uh, he had some for a while, and then uh, if you look, at that there's a a green ramp plastic that takes up the right side of the playfield. Mm-hmm. Um, that plastic is is out of stock, and I don't know, you know, if anybody, if there's a private seller that's selling them. Um, but yeah, that that's a very good point. Uh, the plastics are something to keep an eye out for. Um, as I'm I'm kind of looking at the pictures of the playfield or at, at the cabinet, um, as as they're kind of displayed here. Another thing to keep an eye out for is fade in the cabinet, um, especially on the yellow uh, on the sides. Those yellow pieces, there's uh, some letters of Super Mario Bros. down the side, and also Mario's holding like this little yellow star. Those yellow areas uh, are prone to fade very quickly, so if it was on location somewhere, sitting in the sun, um, you know, you want to be careful and, and watch out for that as well.
0: All right. Um, I, I was I was sharing uh, I will share with the viewers and listeners that I was sharing pictures of the playfield just to make sure like we're both talking about the same things and remembering everything uh, without actually showing them on uh, the recording. So I apologize for those that didn't see those there. I, that,
1: that machine looks totally unfamiliar. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, so anyway, um, uh, I want to thank uh, thank Harry for joining me today uh, for talking about um, for talking about Mario. Uh, before you go, uh, I want to have a verbal uh, recognition that if you do plan to sell the game, I will be asked first uh, (laughs) before you sell it to anybody else because uh, uh, needless to say uh, being a Nintendo guy and playing video games all my life, that's one that I keep an eye out for
1: (laughs) Absolutely, I will verbally commit right now, um, although I want to say it's going to be a long time before I sell this, um, especially because recently I found out that uh, Charles Martinet, who has done the voice of Mario uh, since 1990, uh, actually voiced Mario in this machine, and uh, for a long time in gaming history, it was thought that his first voice acting as Mario in an official Nintendo game was uh, a educational typing game that came out in 1995, um, so this would actually predate that by about three years. Mm-hmm. Um, he was doing some freelancing and some uh, side work uh, with, with Nintendo in some trade shows. Um, so this would be pretty significant because it'd be the first uh, "quote unquote" game that he voiced Mario in for Nintendo. And uh, I actually had a chance to meet him at the recent uh, Too Many Games convention in Oaks, Pennsylvania. And uh, he—I I brought my translate with me to get signed. I was so excited because it'd been bugging me. This, sure. this, this machine didn't show up on any credits. You know, the, uh, the pinball database didn't show who did the voice work. Um, the, the voice is unlike. Anything that uh, had been going on for Mario at that time there there was a cartoon that was running uh, at this time as well. and Mario had this like really gruff you know deep Brooklyn accent. Mm-hmm. so you know this is the very bubbly happy Mario that we're used to hearing mm-hmm. nowadays so, Um, I I had to ask him, you know, if I had this opportunity to meet him, if he did the voice in the pinball machine. So I showed him the Translate, and he looks at it and, you know, Charles Martinet is a a joyful guy. He's almost like Mario personified. He's always doing the voice and everything. He looks at the Translate, and I said, oh, do you know what this is from? It's from the Mario pinball machine. And he said... Oh yeah. And you know, his face kind of fell and I was like, Oh no, what did I do? <laughs> and he said, yeah, um, I, I did the voice. It was me. And I said, well, you know, it didn't appear on your credits anywhere. I just, I just wanted to see because I think this is a pretty historic you know, development. And he said, yeah, he said, they, they never actually paid me for it. Um, they, they actually stole my voice and you know, I didn't get any compensation for this. So that's why it's not in my credits. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, I, I'm so sorry. Cause I, I didn't know that story. Um, it's not out on any forums or anything like that. So I I said, you know, I I apologize. And he was such a good sport about it. He said, Oh no, don't worry about it. You didn't know. Um, you know, and and then he signed the translate for me anyway. You know, I was ready to kind of pull it back if it was like a bad memory or Mm -hmm. or something for him, but he went ahead, he signed it. He had no issues. He was doing the Mario voices. He was signing it. It was great.
0: And and now, uh, honestly, Harry, you, you, by having that conversation and making that public that has, I've seen that specific story, I'm like 30 you know, in 30 articles online in the last month. So I'm glad that you've had that conversation and you did have it publicly enough that it ended, it's starting to get out there because, you know, like in the same way that, you know, Sandra Bullock didn't get a, uh, you know, a demolition man, pinball machine, even right. though she was a star of that movie. It's like, well, you know, maybe if they're giving them to the guys, they probably should have given them to the girl too. Uh, yeah. you know, if, if Charles did the voice, he absolutely deserves the credit for that. And, uh, and should be, you know um, should be you know uh, celebrated for the fact that he was a uh, part of pinball history as well.
1: yeah, and and you know, I, I just I'm a Nintendo nerd about that kind of stuff. So you know, the fact that this is now the earliest uh, game that we have, that Charles voiced Mario, I, I think that's really, really cool, not only for pinball history but also for Nintendo history. Yep. and uh, to me, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a big Nintendo fan. I have a couple of, like, different Nintendo Mario statues and all the toys and all the World of Nintendo stuff that came out. Um, this pinball machine came out at a time when Nintendo was very open with its IP. Um, like I said before, they, they were running cartoons. They were doing, you know, Happy Meal toys. They did this pinball machine. One year later, the Super Mario Brothers movie came out. And uh, I don't know if you're... The the Bob Hoskins, Uh John Leguizamo, uh, you know, uh, Dennis Hopper live-action Mario Brothers movie came out. And that movie was such a bomb that Nintendo became very restrictive with its IP until very recently. Only in the last few years did they start to kind of open it up again. So, you know, to me, this, this machine kind of represents a time when... Uh, Mario and, and Nintendo was sort of uh, you know right right before that that dark period in, mm-hmm. in the late 90s where you really couldn't find very much in terms of Nintendo collectibles and in mm-hmm. toys so you know it's it's a very special machine to me and and as a Nintendo collector and Nintendo fan it, it, it really holds a special place in my heart
0: oh good I don't, so I'm glad I'm glad it's in your home and I'm glad it's not going far or going anywhere for a long time' cause, like I have four games or soon to be four games in my house that have been bought in the last like three months. So uh, I'm not in the market. Uh, but uh, also it's also neat to see like, you know, for those of you that see the video, you're like, Hey, he's got a B all across the top of that room. You know, you've got Iron Man. Uh, so we, we share, uh, I have a uh, poster on my wall of Iron Man sitting in the iron throne. So it's an Iron Man uh, game of Thrones tied together. Um, and I've got some, you know, I've got Bowser and uh, duck hunt behind me.
1: Yeah, I, I would take you to my Nintendo case, but the room is kind of a
0: mess. I, I don't yeah. know if the well, audio we, would be Yeah, we, we'll do, we'll do uh, uh, geeky crib tours <laughs> for some it. other series. <laughs> uh, but I want to thank Harry for taking the time to talk to me about um, Super Mario, Gottlieb got-lead game, um, came out in the 90s and now is uh, part of your collection. Uh, so hopefully this was enough information for you to go off of. If you're thinking about the game, now you kind of know – Hey, it's it's out there. There's there's enough of them out there that don't make it impossible to find. Except for that mushroom world one, that's going to be harder to find. Right now, uh, Pinside says the value is about 2,300. Um, I would say that that's uh, low on what it's going for. It's going for about um, I would say on the high twos to low threes. Um, going rate currently mid 2018. Uh, hopefully, it makes uh, it falls to be a little bit more comfortable uh, for somebody else. But uh, it's something to keep in mind. Uh, so, again, thank you, uh, Harry, for your time today. Uh, this has been uh, just chatting with owners, uh, talking with them about their pinball machines, and we've talked about Mario. All right, so thank you for your time, and we'll be back, be back next time whenever the heck that is.
1: <laughs> thank you, Steven.
0: Oh, sure.